And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Hi, everyone, and g'day once again from SA. This is Tim, all the way from a little town in Murraybridge in very, very, very southern Australia with Of the World of Mythbits. So I'm back again, uh, giving a, another podcast a go, and I know I promised that um, the World of Mythbits episode 194 was going to be with my brother-in-law Ben, uh, and us chatting about things that we love, um, board games, the, uh, the joy and the fun of board games. Um, but unfortunately, I got my weeks mixed up. And uh, here I am at home, not on holiday yet, all by myself, housed myself. Uh, not a brother-in-law in uh, in Kui uh, of uh, of anywhere near here. So you've just got me, um, and so scrambling for an idea for a podcast. Uh, I actually reached out to uh, the wonderful David K Montoya, and um, he said. Why not do something on books that you love, books um, that sort of influence your uh, your writing style, what you like to write about, or just just books that you love in general? And I thought, Dave, you're a genius, an absolute genius. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, episode 194 is going to be about books that I love. And there's all sorts of, uh, of different books. Um, we'll see if we've got enough time to cover them all. But before we get into that, before we throw ourselves into uh, 194, I uh, just wanted to quickly go over some, uh, some housekeeping for, um, for David that he's, uh, he's asked me to, um, to bring you all up to speed with. And I'm sure if you've listened to the other podcasts, you'd be uh, well aware, um, David's podcast, uh, Steph's podcast, you'd be well aware of um, things that are going on, but I've just got a couple of things to, um, to sort of cover uh, that have probably been covered before. So, just off the top, number one, Zombie Works Publications Annual Anthology is set to be released this Tuesday, the 26th of October. This year, the theme is Possessions and Hauntings. So find unwelcomed stories of possessions and hauntings at Mythmart and anywhere that great, amazing books are sold. I'm thrilled that I've got a story in there and I've, uh, I've seen the, um, the, the proofs that, uh, that have been sent around the, um, the PDF before it goes to the publisher. And it's a pretty cool looking book. There's some amazing authors there, some really cool stories. Um, certainly not for the squeamish. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun to sort of have a look and, uh, and have a bit of a read and see who's in there. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to, uh, to be joining some really, really talented authors. So very cool. So can definitely, definitely recommend this one. Watch out for it in, uh, in MythMart. Um, help support Dark Myth Publishing. Uh, go straight to the source, but uh, if you want to, if you have to, uh, I'm sure it will appear in Amazon and uh, and those sort of places as well. But yeah, this uh, off the top, Zombie Works Publications, 2022, um, October 26th, just in time for Halloween. So make sure you keep your eyes open. Watch out for that one. Then uh, number two, production for Dark Myth mm-hmm. Comics is expected to resume in November, but because of Dave's health, the schedule is expected to be very light moving forward. So we all need to uh, to respect. Um, Dave's got to put himself as number one. Uh, got to make sure that um, our, uh, our man behind the coding, our man behind uh, the scenes, um, author, amazing creator, 
um, technical genius David K. Montoya, um, making sure that he's able to balance that work, life, publishing, etc., etc., um, and also to uh, to stay healthy for himself, stay healthy for the kids. Yeah, the we've got to uh, let family uh, be the main focus. But it's great that uh, that David still wants to continue on with our production for um, Dark Myth Comics. So, um, yeah, if you've got any ideas, uh, and I know I've got some uh, an idea that uh, I uh, I promised somebody I know that I was going to send David's way that looks pretty cool. So uh, hopefully that'll be something that'll be in the pipeline um, down the track when Dave's able to sort of take that on, review it, and and uh, and give that a crack. But yeah, very important that you um, you focus on your health. Uh, and I know um, a lot of um, the staff at the uh, at the library where I work. Um, yeah, we're um, we're struggling a bit as well. So I can sort of feel for you, Dave. Definitely. Uh, yeah, you, you, you have to, uh, make yourself number one. Um, yeah. So thanks. Thanks for letting us know. Um, thanks for letting us know that, uh, things will still carry on, but yeah, they might be a, a little bit slower. Uh, also number three, the JZO Modcast podcast network has a new home at jzomodcast.com. So J A Y. So capital J, J A Y, capital Z for Zo, Z O, and then capital M for M O D C A S T dot com. So make sure that you uh, you check that out, and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to have to check that out too, and try and keep up with everything that's going on. A lot of changes happening, a lot of changes. Uh, number four, the big, big, big news. I don't know if you've all seen it. Um, it was decided last week that PCE um, has been cancelled with the JZOMON live events division now closed in um, for indefinite. While there has been no public announcement made, there is one expected to be made very very soon. So this is uh, this is a real pity, I think. Um, but it's just what's happened with current times and, um, yeah, um, the, um, vendor, uh, yeah, basically the, um, the confidence, um, I think issues there, issues with, uh, numbers coming out the last couple of years have been really, really difficult, uh, especially for events. Um, so it's very sad news about PCE, but I have to say, honestly, I'm probably not all that surprised that, um, that it has, uh, eventually come to this, but yeah, very, very sad news. Number four, um, that decision, uh, difficult decision that PCE has been canceled, uh, and that all live events, the JZOMON live events division has been closed indefinitely. On to number five. There's some rumbling at Mythmart about doing a large Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal with everything in stock. The goal is to have all merchandise cleared out before 2023. So this is pretty exciting. Uh, I'm just looking on Mythmart, um, mythmart.com at the moment to see um, what's new, what's in pre-order. Um, there's all the usuals, uh, lots of great stuff. Very cool. Love the t-shirts. Uh, calendar's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, big, big, big idea. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see um, regarding the big announcement, uh, whether there's a Black Friday and a Cyber Monday. Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers now. Um, it will be a great way to, um, to clear out all the, um, the excess stock that they've got. So that, uh, that's cool to know. Uh, cheers, David. Um, thanks. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, it's coming up to, um, 
Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving sort of just around the corner. Christmas is not far away. Um, lots of uh, lots of great excuses to um, click onto MythMart uh, and yeah, help to support the company. Um, yeah, the the best way is uh, is buying stuff, buying stock, buying books, buying T-shirts, buying um, the comics. Yeah, the, there's a eclectic range, something for everyone. Um, make sure that you uh, you head there now and check it out. And then finally, this week the board of directors will assemble in the in their monthly meeting to discuss many things which will be talked about the following week in our housekeeping. So um, just trying to keep you all up to date. So uh, David just wants me to uh, to pass on to you all that there uh, there will be stuff coming coming soon um hopefully by the time i get to sit down with my brother-in-law for uh, episode 195 um we'll have uh, an update for you from the board of directors uh and what's going on what's coming up um hopefully some exciting news um yeah we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see so uh that's what we've got so far for housekeeping so now um on to uh, the episode. Uh, on to episode one ninety four. Uh, what are the books I love? What uh, What are the books that uh, that are influencing me? Um, and uh, I'll have to say, off the top of the list, at the moment with my two daughters, I am reading a book by R. A. Spratt, children's author called R. A. Spratt. Uh, he uh, he, she does um, a number of different series, but one of the ones that I'm familiar with is the Nanny Piggins. So it's like a um a parody of uh, Nanny, Nanny Poppins, where the main character is uh, a children's nanny who is a pig that just loves to eat chocolate. But I haven't really got that stuck into Nanny Piggins. Um, but what we have discovered is a book called Astonishingly Good Stories. And it's like a follow-on for a book that was published probably a year or two ago uh, called Shockingly Good Stories, which I assume is um, is pretty similar. So, um, yeah, it's a great way to be introduced to R.A. Spratt. Very, very clever idea, taking a few of the um the nanny piggins stories i don't know if they're ones from um i think what the um, what the authors probably ended up doing is i reckon they've just taken the um the characters the family that's the main focus for the nanny piggins series uh and just grabbed some well-known folk tales and fairy tales and turned them into uh nanny piggins style which i think is very clever and then in the midst of that they've then gone ahead and um told some short stories about uh other characters from other series that they've written as well so it's a great way that they've sort of woven all of these different um different ideas uh it's like a um a sneak peek, a, a little bite, bite-sized serving, um, that yeah has actually got us interested, got us um, into uh, these other series. I reckon um, once we get to the end of this book, all the different short stories that are in there, I've got a feeling that my girls will actually be uh, be asking me to um, to bring home a few Nanny Piggins books. Uh, and then see what else I can find by uh, by R.A. Spratt. So, well done. Uh, great job. And um, I have to say, it's uh, similar Dr. Seuss, the, uh, the whole nonsense. Um, the kids are very prominent uh, in the stories. Um, yeah, it's just a, uh, a very, very clever, clever way to do it. Uh, and it's what I... Um, I'm trying to do with the um, the 
um, children's stories that I'm writing for um, World for World of Myth. There's uh, a children's section now that you can write stories for um, for the monthly um, website, which uh, like the magazine online magazine that comes out each month. Um, and also, um, yeah, for, uh, for various different other companies, I've sort of been looking at the, um, the, this sort of style of fun, um, trying to possibly involve kids or when I am writing for kids, thinking of my, um, my young nieces, um, and what sort of stuff that they're into, what sort of stuff that they like to read, uh, what they find fun, uh, and what they find entertaining. Oh, before I get too deep, before I get too far in, I should switch tack uh, and just make mention of Myth Mart. Um, completely unrelated, but yeah, just the um, the fact that on Myth Mart they've got the um, looks like it's still got the the T-shirt deal twenty one ninety nine. For, uh, for t-shirts there's also Liberty's Run 2 Tanks for the Memories um, that's $14.95 Musings from Me by Stephanie J. Barty that's $9.99 so there's some great deals on here uh, Processing Things by Michael A. Arnold Stumbling in Crazy Town that's now $6.99 the um, the uh, the story um the um the publication that was um the successful uh winner of the open contract challenge of 2021 yeah stumbling through crazy town um yeah so make sure that you check that out and that's a bargain price um also world of myth anthology volume 4 uh new arrival we've got Natural Instincts, Tales of Witches and Warlocks. Uh, of course, there's Liberty's Run Book 1 by Walter G. Elsman. Uh, Red Hills, Green Vines and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner by S. Sadie Burbank. And then, of course, American Smash, Welcome to the Jungle is a one-shot. Something Better by Jim Bates, the very, very talented Jim Bates. So uh, make sure that, yeah, you jump online, check that out um, and find something that uh, will be a great stocking stuffer come Christmas time. Definitely. I'm sure family and friends will, uh, will love something from MythMart, uh, something created by Dark Myth Publishing. So back to uh, my uh, the, uh, the different books and different series and such that uh that's really been influencing my writing um yeah one of the things that i wanted to share from uh, astonishing good stories by rf spratt is um in between the stories and the fun there's little messages for the parents and the uh the people that are actually reading the stories and sharing the stories with the kids um i just wanted to uh to read you the storytelling tip that um, I shared with the kids last night after we finished reading do, 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 what one was it? Ah, oh, a tall tale about floating leaves and vegetarian spiders. That was fun. It's uh, a bit of a silly story, um, but then it followed up with storytelling tip number four. It says, be brave, do the voices. I know some grown-ups struggle to do the voices when they're reading stories. My advice is, don't think of it that way. I can't do a Russian accent, not at all. And I've tried because I've been writing about a ballet dancing bear from Russia who can talk, one of the main characters from the Nanny Piggins books, uh, for many, many years. So it would be good if I could, but I just can't. I can, however, sound like the character because I don't think of it as doing their voice. I think of it as being the character. Instead of trying to sound Russian, I try to sound like a warm-hearted bear who is shy but deeply creative and extremely in touch with his emotions. I can sound like that easy. So don't do the voices. Instead, be the characters. 
So long as you sound silly, your children will enjoy it. And my children have confirmed that that is very much the case. So whenever I do get into it and I do uh, read with them and I make those changes uh, to my voice, I try and um, and sort of get into it, do a silly accent or um, get... Uh, yeah, and the other fun thing is um, sometimes my kids will go, oh, you can't say the name? Like the names of that character is too complex? Um, well, one of the cats... Like, we've got four cats at home. Um, we've got Freddy, who's Moo. Uh, we've got Max. Um, we've got Ginger. And we've got Patches. And if we've got Freddy with us listening to the stories as well, um, the girls will go, I just, instead of saying the character's name, just say Moo. Or say Fred. Or, um, and so Freddy will actually, his head will sort of pop up and he'll meow as I'm reading the story. He's engaged, the kids are engaged. And yeah, we we just have fun with it. Um, so probably a, another uh, series to sort of talk to you about the um, the sort of influences that, uh, that I had growing up in primary school. I was not really all that social... Uh, really struggled to make friends uh, and uh, probably wouldn't surprise anybody that much that uh, I spent a lot of my lunch times at primary school in the library uh, helping out the librarian or uh, finding a quiet corner where I could read um, escape into uh, fantasy realms and one of the um, the fantasy realms I uh, I of course discovered the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe very early on and then discovered the fact that The Magician's Nephew is the first book in the Narnia series and then found out later um, when we got the audiobooks on cassette tape that um, A Horse and His Boy is uh, the third book in that series um, and the BBC uh, that made television shows of uh, the Narnia series that was uh it was a great time to grow up the um the television in the uh the early 90s uh late 80s and early 90s uh was just fantastic like the um the different series you were reading the books and then you you saw it on the screen um and they captured it beautifully like uh they did an incredibly good job um so yeah, I yeah, uh, oh yeah, I grew up with Narnia. I mean, what uh what child that's into fantasy didn't? But um at the same time, I also stumbled across the Earthsea series by uh Ursula K Le Guin, I think it is. Um that was fascinating to me. I uh I absolutely was obsessed with um Sparrowhawk, the um the main character, I think was it Jed? Jed Sparrowhawk? Just the whereas C. S. Lewis the Narnia series was very typical fantasy. The Earthsea series seemed to have an edge to it, or it seemed to have um a bit of a darkness or a difference to it 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 was fantasy but it seemed less traditional more breaking barriers and yeah i uh i read through the um the first three books uh of the earth sea series um and they were nice and short too similar to um to the um the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia series, and uh, and that sort of thing. The um, they were a, a good length book for um, like a mid primary, uh, early primary, mid primary, um, somebody that was devouring novels. Because I uh, growing up, I had a great program. We had a great program here in South Australia. I don't know if it was across Australia, but um, in the first couple of years of primary school like uh reception um 
reception year one sort of for me was blended into the one year and then year two there was a major major push by the government at the time to um to focus on children's literacy we would literally spend afternoons in this room which was just full of books it wasn't a library it had sets of books on the shelf and we were encouraged to take what we wanted take whatever we wanted to um to take it home and and read it but also to read with volunteers read with the teacher um we spent the afternoon in this magical room that i just devoured book after book after book uh and having a mother who was a um primary school teacher as well really helped me um to focus on that that love of reading so my mum would put me and my brother to bed and we would have made up stories or we would listen to stories on tape or um we would have mum read to us uh in those early early days like the um the kindergarten days and the early primary days and uh and that sort of thing we um we were very 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 lucky that we had a mother who loved reading uh and a mother who loved who had a real silly um streak in her a real real fun uh childish streak in her that um it didn't take much for mum to go okay let's play a game or let's make up a game or let's sing a song or um we're doing a we're doing the dishes together let's spend the time and make it interesting by telling each other riddles or that sort of thing so yeah my uh, my mum really really encouraged my uh, my imagination and my love to write um and drawing pictures and uh and that sort of thing um and so i found yeah the um the interest in reading was really promoted heavily at school in those early early years uh and it was also um reflected just as heavily at home which was great um unfortunately my uh, my brother didn't really pick up the same interest but um he had the sporting genes he uh he's a basketballer he was great at cricket he was amazing at uh, at Aussie rules football um and then our uh, our other brother um the youngest in the family um yeah he uh he sort of picked up um he's he's sort of uh the elder two brothers sort of moved out of home and he was sort of a a uh, a lone child um for a while there and i don't really know what happened uh to uh to chaz he's uh he's a big board game fan but i uh, i don't know how uh, how big a, a reader he is um but by then like i reckon by the time my um both my brothers got to school i don't think that program i think it might have been a different government that was in i don't think that program was sort of running anymore which was a real pity but it was an amazing start for me and so yeah when by the time i got to uh to primary school um and then yeah i just uh i was incredibly lucky uh in grade 5 to also have miss white uh the amazing miss uh no sorry miss white was my um my uh early primary teacher miss knocker was my um my uh year 5 teacher year 5 year 6 um mid to late primary anyway uh and she was a massive fantasy fan uh she actually had us um doing a, a class novel where she would actually read in the afternoon to us and um the cool thing was that um she picked as the um the class novel to share the hobbit by jrr tolkien and that was right up my alley um i thoroughly remember lots of fun uh crafty style uh activities that we did in that class um i i remember distinctly 
uh, lots of um, we had to plot the trail that um, Bilbo took through the mountains and we had to draw Schmeagel, uh from memory just from like from what we saw in our minds when uh, Miss Knocker was actually reading the, the passage about the riddles and the introduction uh, to this particular character and that sort of thing. Ah, oh, it it was magic, pure magic for a uh, a young boy who was a massive fantasy fan. Um, I was very very lucky uh, to uh, to have such a uh, a great um, great time uh, reading wise, literacy wise through primary school. It uh, it really has been uh, a great basis for my own imagination, my own storytelling and uh, and that sort of thing. And I'm lucky that now uh, in my role at our local library here at Murray Bridge as the, um, the team leader of library services, I've got the opportunity to actually read stories to kids, uh, share those stories, share that fun, share that love, um, do the voices, or not do the voices, but be the characters. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We had um, Elder Storytime uh, this week. We have uh, uh, the local Aboriginal culture uh, for the Murraylands area where I live is the Nalanjuri. Mm. Um, so Nuliandu is welcome. Nuliandu, uh, mm. to any uh, from the local area that are listening um, and respects to uh, Elders past and present. Um and uh, respects to First Nations, all First Nations cultures um, throughout throughout this great world. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so much fun with the um, the different animals, the the Kelly and the Kukaki and the um, uh, and the Mandori. Mandori is like a uh, a sleepy lizard, and the Kukaki uh, Kelly is the is a dog, the howling Kelly. Uh, the kukaki is the kookaburra, so laughing like a kelaki. Um, the nori is the, the pelican, is a bird with a a, a great big bill, a great big gob. Um, yeah, they're uh, so much fun being the characters, acting out the animals. Um, jump like a wangami. Wangami is um, is the kangaroo, so bounding around the library with the kids, uh, pretending to be a kangaroo. Uh, and the five little one year, one year is a duck. Quack quack, go the one year. And of course, there's the children's song. Five little ducks went out one day over the hills and far away. Of course, we sing it when the elders are there. As five little one year went out one day, and the one year go quack quack quack. And some of the kids are picking it up, uh, which is great to see. Uh, each time that the elders come in building on that language, building on that knowledge. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, the um, the familiar songs of heads and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, knees and toes, heads and shoulders, knees and toes, we all clap hands together. So we've got the coolie is the head and makuli is Naranjuri for shoulders. Um and Tutangi is the knees, and Thulan is the feet or the toes. And then uh, we all clap turnies, so our hands are our, our turnies. And so it's bringing the, um, the language in. So, uh, so introducing amongst the English, introducing the, the different Naranjuri terms is a great way to, uh, to get the next generation to learn language and to keep language and to keep culture alive. So, um, yeah, that's a, a real thrill, sort of hearing those stories and sharing those stories as well with the community, with the Aboriginal elders. Um, and children just soak up that sort of stuff. They're, um, they're interested, they're engaged. Um, they're, they love it. They absolutely love it. Uh, and as a kid, I... Uh, I um, loved reading i yeah i couldn't wait to devour the next book and the next book um i got a whole bunch of books for birthdays and christmases and uh and that sort of thing um 
Uh, and one of the other books that I uh, I absolutely loved was a uh, a birthday gift from my uncle Tio and my auntie Helen uh, for my thirteenth birthday when I got my first ever Terry Pratchett book, and they were clever enough that they got me the first book in the Discworld series, The Color of Magic. Um, it was great. It was absolutely great. It had me in tears within the first couple of paragraphs. Um, the uh, the immature um, young man that I was at 13 absolutely loved all the, uh, the innuendo. Um, I... Uh, I grinned, I smiled, I laughed, I chuckled uh, all through the Discworld series. So thank you, Sir Terry Pratchett. Um, what I couldn't buy myself, I found at my local library. Uh, and what I didn't find um, at the high school library, I could find um, at my uh, public library where I volunteered. Um, just uh, a great, great series. Um, and uh, to uh, discover that he wrote um, books for kids like um, Carpet People, um, Only You Can Save Mankind, If Not You, Who Else, uh, Johnny and the Bomb, um, just so many great, great Pratchett stories that regardless of what age the kids are, more than happy to, um, to recommend Pratchett absolutely uh it's the next generation and then um also the um a mate of mine uh good good friend of mine Aaron um pretty much the same age same similar sort of interests in uh in books um and he introduced me to uh the Rincewind series uh sorry not the Rincewind series uh the Redwall series um, Rincewind being a uh, a key character in the Terry Pratchett uh, Discworld series, but um, yeah, the Rincewind, uh, the um, Redwall series about Redwall Abbey, uh, fantasy style where um, all the characters are played by animals. So yeah, that's a uh, a real cool one as well. I think that's a South African author. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Jacques, I think, might be. Um, yeah, but that's uh that's a uh, a very cool uh, very fun series as well. And um I like series where there's lots and lots of different books that you can sort of go from one to the next to the next to the next. Um and that's a a really cool one. There's lots and lots and lots of um of books in that series too. So that's a great one that I can recommend to kids, uh recommend to teens especially. Yeah. So there's some great series out there. Um, but standalone books, um, there's a couple that I've discovered through my time working for the library that, um, I really want to recommend as well. Uh, I'm sure that people have read them before, uh, especially the first one being The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I'm not quite sure how to say that surname. Uh, very, very, very well-known author, though. Um, and I found The Alchemist... Uh, to be on, brutally honest, The Alchemist is the only book by him that I've actually read at this stage. Um, I got it in large print, and I read it in two nights. Uh, I could have read it in one night, but um, I found I've got to take it slow because of the different concepts and the wow factor and uh, and that sort of thing. And chatting to other people that have read The Alchemist, it's interesting to hear what they think that the story is about as well and what the story means to them, which is kind of cool. It's a bit like um, June. June's another one uh, that I'm yet to sink my teeth into, but I've been told that... Um, those who've read it at a younger age and then read it later in life get more out of it. It depends on what stage of life that you're at to what you pick up and what it means to you um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so um, The Alchemist, yeah, it's a very, very cool book. Very, very cool. Um, 
I still have um, very uh, fond memories, learnt a lot from reading that. Uh, and it makes me think that I should probably borrow it out and read it again. Um, another one, uh, another interesting one was a book called The Magician's Lie. And that's by, if I can read my handwriting here, I think it's Greets, Greet, Greer, McAllister. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, a, um, just one where the cover, um, it was a book returned by somebody one day at work, uh, and the cover just sort of caught my eye, um, uh, pricked my interest, and when I started reading it, I could see the film, um, occur, uh, as I was, um, as I was reading it. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating book I found. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But I found that it was a very, very interesting book uh, and very well paced too, in my opinion. Um, another one that uh, that was recommended to me by um, a prolific reader at work is one called The Girl with Glass Feet by Ali Shaw. And I found this to be a very fascinating read. Um, it's about a girl with some sort of an illness, uh, if I can remember correctly, um, and it affects her throughout the story, like her, uh, her illness gets worse and worse throughout the story, but yeah, it, uh, it really was a, a fascinating, fascinating story, um, that sort of caught my interest from the get-go, and the book was, um, was a great one, like for the way that it looked, um, it sort of caught my eye. Uh, the version that I had had um, silver trimmed pages as well, which was kind of cool. So yeah, it looked good. It looked interesting. And it was great that as I was reading it, um, it sort of, it was a, a whole experience um, yeah, so that's definitely one uh, another one to watch out for. Um, another one that uh, that had me going that was recommended by um, a fellow staff member was the girl with all the gifts. That uh, that's a fascinating one, um, a great uh, great sci-fi, um, a great story of um, post-apocalyptic type stuff um yeah that was um that was very very cool um uh, i have to say uh that's i think mc carey i think is the author for that one and um that one there i have to say i'm a little bit disappointed to hear that other stuff by this author not so recommended but i think i was lucky that i actually went in at this particular title um, I'd like to one day sort of explore others, uh, other stories, see where the, uh, the story goes. And I, uh, I believe that, um, the girl with all the gifts is actually, um, a movie TV series. Um, that's out as well, which, uh, which is really cool. I don't really think I'd recommend it for the faint hearted. Um, uh, but those who love a good story, um, Definitely, definitely give it a go. Yeah, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's a very cool one. Um, also, um, probably a, a final one that, uh, that I can recommend that sort of has got me interested in, uh, in different, uh, different genres, um, different stories. Um, one, um, that I have read uh, Stephen King one that was recommended by my cousin, uh, who actually has a uh, a great collection. Cousin Michelle, hey Michelle, um, she's got a great collection of Stephen King books, Stephen King stories. Uh, the one called Bag of Bones, I thought was interesting. Uh, not so much horror, but uh, yeah, just a really weird, thrilling. Um, interesting sort of story. 
yeah that uh that was uh was indeed a good one yeah for sure um and um the other medium that I'm sort of getting into now is uh into comic books um and uh yeah one of the first comic books that uh that I got into was I think it was Neverwhere by um Neil Gaiman I reckon it is uh or the comic the comic book that I actually read was uh illustrated and uh and uh converted by um another team but um yeah the actual uh neverwhere book I went back to the novel after and loved the novel too uh yeah so based on a uh, a Neil Gaiman story so um yeah that's a, a really cool one um about London uh and having visited London many 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 years ago but having walked the streets and become familiar with the locations the different um underground stop stations and uh and that sort of thing uh and then seeing it in uh graphic novel form as well yeah it was um it was uh a very cool experience to uh to be able to read the comic book and then read the novel um and probably one final one to uh to mention um would be the Umbrella Academy. Um, I got into the uh, the comic books before the um, before the Netflix series came out, uh, and absolutely loved them. Like a little bit twisted, um, a whole lot of weirdness, a whole lot of fun, um, and yeah, the um the fact that at the time or grow growing up, like through my uh, my university days, my um my late teens and my early 20s I was listening to uh, My Chemical Romance and um, that sort of um, Faith No More and Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, and that sort of thing the um, yeah that, that sort of music was what I um, I grew up with and so to sort of find out about this comic book series that the lead singer of My Chemical Romance uh, produced when he went into rehab and he found all of this creative energy um yeah it's uh yeah yeah it's definitely different definitely different but um a whole lot of fun uh and i think the netflix series has done an all right job i think um they've done well but i have to say having seen the comic books first um and having got that uh that whole experience, uh, I'd have to say that uh, that I much prefer it. Once again, the book's better than the film, so much better than the film, uh, and in this case, it's shorter than uh, they've actually uh, expanded, taken the the basics of the comic book and then expanded it out for the series so that they can make it multiple multiple episodes, like the ten episode series uh, up to the third series now. Uh, and there's three different comic books that I'm aware of. Um, so yeah, the the fact that they've actually stretched it out, and it's fun to see what they've done with the different characters and that sort of thing. But I have to say, my heart's always going to think, um, I read the comics first, read the books first, um, and uh, that's uh, that's what I love. But I guess that's kind of what you're going to get when um, when you ask a librarian. Definitely, definitely. We're always going to say that uh, the, the book's better. Try the book first. Give that a go. Stretch your imagination. Uh, and thankfully, um, my imagination is super stretched because um, that upbringing, that, uh, and then um, having my mum tell me, dream big, and my dad tell me, but get a real job first. I've sort of meshed the two of those things together. Uh, and now I'm writing. And I'm writing like crazy. And I'm, uh, I'm trying to create as much as I possibly can. Uh, get that out there. Get the name out there. Um, and so far, so good. So far, so good. But I want to thank um, 
Stefan, Dave, for the opportunity to take over this podcast as well. Because it's a nice little platform for um, for telling stories. Nice little platform for uh, for um, sharing what I'm up to and sharing what I'm doing, uh, and also uh, keeping trying to keep everyone up to date with what's going on with the company and uh, and what's out there out there in MythMart and out there online, um, and what's coming up in book form too. Um, so make sure that you keep your eye out, keep your ear out, uh, do the right thing. Um, and support, 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 support. Vote for the different stories when the magazine comes out uh, each month um, and buy what you can from MythMart. Um, go on Amazon if you have to, but uh, check MythMart out first, definitely. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it from me. Um, and I promise that the next podcast, you're going to hear my brother-in-law, Ben, uh, him and I are going to chat about all things board games, those things that we love. Um, and yeah, what I've loved about the fact that, um, these great games that we've played have sort of played on my mind and they've sort of sat there in the background. Um, and it's a, a way of planting a seed, a story seed that, um, what's next for that character um these things sort of grow and they might grow into uh short stories they might grow into long stories um it's all fun definitely so stay safe stay well write lots read lots this is tim signing off from a little place in south australia called murray bridge thanks so much for listening